Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The views expressed on the following program are not necessarily the views of WIBA, its management sponsors, or staff. Broadcasting live from Planet Madison, where everything is beyond parody. This is the Vicki McKenna Show. To be a part of the program, in Madison, call 321-1310. Statewide, call toll-free at 877-235-1310. Or email vicki at wiba.com. Now, here's Vicki McKenna. program. Good afternoon. I'm Vicki McKenna. News Talk 1310 WIBA. Had a bad Friday. Yeah. So I went to the urgent care as Sue the nurse who called in. Sue, thank you for your advice. I went to urgent care on Friday after I left the show. I was given a prescription for Tamiflu diagnosed with influenza. I, far be it from me to challenge the diagnosis because I didn't go to medical school, but I feel fine today. So I'm not 100% convinced I actually had a strain of influenza. But I am still taking the Tamiflu because it says you can take it even if you had, you know, say like norovirus or something like that, which is actually what I think I might have had. But anyway, I'm feeling chuffed until about an hour and 10 minutes ago. I I couldn't get any food out of the vending machine, even though I I brought coins. It ate my money. This crummy vending machine we have ate my money for like the umpteenth time ate my money. So I was going to get a granola bar out of the machine, but I couldn't get a granola bar out of the machine. Some nice lady and her husband sent me a box of peep cereal a couple of weeks ago. So I, I killed the rest of the peep cereal, like two handfuls. That is all I had to eat. Thinking I could get a couple of granola bars out of the vending machine, but I couldn't. So even though I felt fine, you know, I was feeling famished. So I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm going to come on the air today and I'm going to some. But Dave McCann to the rescue in the producer's studio today. Dave takes pity on me. He says, you can have half my, what, what was it, Dave? Ham, cheese, and spinach? Ham, turkey, cheese, and spinach. Ham, turkey, cheese, and spinach. He's like, you can have half my ham, turkey, cheese, and spinach sandwich. And I was like, really? Are you serious? Because it made all the difference. Really? It's amazing. I think I've had maybe like 500 calories a day since Friday. Because I couldn't eat anything. Because it was all, it was all, you know, stomach related. It really, I didn't get congested or anything. So that's why I'm again, why I'm thinking it was probably not influenza. Because I never had any congestion, cough, anything like that. I just had these insane body aches, stomach um, distress, and um, 
Yeah, so I haven't been able to really eat much. Uh, but today, thank you, Dave. You made. I'm 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 going to the gym tonight. I think I I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> I think I'm not contagious anymore. I'm walking around with uh, the Walgreens branded nice disinfectant spray. Their knockoff of Lysol, just in case. I'm still a little, you know, germified. Uh, but well, that stinks. Woof. Yeah, we wiped down the uh, studio there after you left. Did you? Because I sprayed it when I left on Friday. I sprayed it, so it smelled so awful in here because it just smelled like a gaseous, you know, attack of Lysol. But uh, and then I sprayed my office and I sprayed the hallway. I was so worried that I had influenza um, or something else easily communicable. That, uh, but yeah, then I went to urgent care and and laid there in a in a drooling heap while I waited to get seen. I don't you know, maybe it's the Tamiflu, actually. I mean, for all I know, I, I could have maybe had this, but taken the Tamiflu and been one of the, and I got it, I mean, by the time I got to the urgent care, I think I'd had symptoms for about seven hours, you know. So I was within the earliest window you could possibly take that drug. Uh, so maybe that helped. I don't know. It could have been it. I don't, I'm just, I'm just here to say I'm feeling chuffed. I'm feeling chuffed and fed. I, I thank you, Dave. I would erect a shrine to you if it were possible. So here's what's coming up on the program. Uh, Dewey Strobel to talk about the insanity of the Evers budget. Matt Kittle's going to check in with more budget madness. We'll talk about those Democratic presidential com- uh, contenders trying to out-radical each other. And then we'll get a visit from our friend Brian Schimming. Back in a moment. Hey, welcome back. Now that the budget is being seriously looked at. Oh, wow. It's just from crazy land. It really is. If you take Evers budget at face value, we are $2 billion in the hole. $2 billion. Senator Dewey Strobel standing by on the phone to talk about some of the elements in the budget. But let's start with the overall two billion dollars i mean what on earth could the the governor's budget have possibly included that that jacked the cost of wisconsin government by two billion dollars well there's a whole lot of numbers that can convey just how crazy this thing really is what kind of a expansion of the size and scope of government i mean it's six billion dollars in additional spending and the largest capital budget in state history that means we're bonding for all sorts of building improvements statewide. That's on top of our budget that, that's the $6 billion more. Uh, that's an increase of 8.3% over our current budget, 8.3%. And if you want to carve out a little piece of that, uh, K-12 education is getting an increase of over 11%. Now, how many of your listeners out there got an 11% increase this year in their salary? I don't think many of them, but the government's going to be asking for a big increase for what they're going to be paying for them this year. And really what it equates to, it's an extra over $1,000 in spending for every man, woman, and child in Wisconsin. And as you said, it creates a $2 billion structural deficit, and that's even spending the surplus. The surplus that over the last years of governance is about $690 million that's there. That's spending that surplus. 
And on top of that, Vicki, so, here's the crazy thing is, you know, we've cut taxes in the last eight years, but our revenues are actually up because our economy is thriving. So really what the Legislative Fiscal Bureau is, they have predicted an additional, for this biennium, $1.8 billion in new revenues. And that's getting soaked up. So, and to top that off, how about 700 new bureaucrats in state government and giving them all a raise? Because that's what I mean, we need. That's pretty much our budget. We need that. Not so, Vicky. Okay. We, need, we definitely need more government wonks, you know, pushing papers and pencils and, and falling asleep on their keyboards. That's what we need. Um, they all need to get a raise, too. Um, but $1.8 billion is a projected economic surplus on top of our $600-plus million, all spent, and it's a thousand, an average of about $1,000 per man, woman, and child in government spending. What am I getting for that? What am I going to get? What, what is Vicki McKenna going to get out of her her thousand dollars um in extra spending that's that's the question i have i want an itemized detailed explanation of the improvements that i'm going to get for a thousand bucks because a thousand bucks is something that i do not throw around casually well here's some policy that's in the budget um freezing low-income kids out of high-performing charter and choice schools reestablishing the prevailing wage to make sure that we pay more when it's any work that relates to something that the taxpayers is paying for, are paying for. How about repealing right to work? How about starting on a path to a $15 minimum wage in the state of Wisconsin? How about repealing drug testing uh, requirements for welfare? Um, work requirements for welfare recipients, gone. Repealing requirements to pay child support, uh, for for welfare recipients, uh, you know, it the list goes on. That's what we're talking about here, Vicky. Yeah, I don't think that I wouldn't spend a thousand dollars on any of the things you said. I wouldn't spend no. one dollar on any of the things you said. I wouldn't spend a dollar to rein in school choice. I wouldn't spend a dollar to pay more for state projects. I wouldn't spend a dollar to destroy small businesses with a artificial increase in the in the minimum wage. Wouldn't spend a dollar to allow dope smokers to more easily collect their welfare benefits. And I wouldn't spend a dollar to make it easier for people who are in arrears on their child support to keep to keep taking the dole. I just, you know, Dewey, I, I'm going to go with no on any of this. Well, you probably wouldn't give a dollar for in-state tuition at UW and tech schools for illegal immigrants either, I imagine. I wouldn't. No. no. I also wouldn't give a dollar for illegal alien driver's licenses, which would also, of course, amount to voter ID. Um, and I wouldn't give a dollar to give the state eminent domain control for bike path creation either, which I just saw that was back in the budget. Um, so, yeah, none of this gets us better stuff, a better economy. Also, though, the Evers budget takes aim at one of the most important and successful tax credits in the history of the state of Wisconsin, and that is something called the Manufacture Agriculture Tax Credit, which has allowed us to dramatically expand the amount of manufacturing and agriculture investment in our state and the number of jobs associated with those industries. Well, you're right. The net net, tax, net increase in taxes and fees is more than a billion dollars, and you can also throw the, uh, right, the repeal of the M&A, which is really responsible for the incredible renaissance we've had in the state of Wisconsin uh, for our job creators and the multiplier effect that the ag sector and manufacturing has on on our entire economy. And that's, you know, A, it's a good thing, but let's make that go away. 
I mean, it's it's sad. You know, Wisconsin went from, um, you know, one of the highest-ranked states overall in state and local tax burden eight years ago to now we're number 34, which, you know, I'm thrilled at that. That's great progress, but I want to keep going in the right direction. We're still in the half where we shouldn't be. So, you know, this is going to move us in the wrong direction, and that's really what, what this thing is all about. And, you know, one thing I'll add, here's kind of a blast from the past for you. Of course, you, you remember Chuck Qual, of course, don't you? Sure. Do you know where I'm going with this? Okay. I, I, uh, Tony, I remember Tony good old Chuck's log rolling scheme, yeah. Okay, well, Tony Evers, has his two top deputy, deputy chiefs of staffs are Maggie Gao and Barb Worcester. Barb Worcester is Chuck Kuala's wife. So, <laughs> so Chuck Kuala's back in, in play. <laughs> when you have that in your ear, you know the direction where we're going with some of these things. It brings us back, doesn't it? It does. Listen, I'm looking at a story here at the McIver website um, and a, a, a small Wisconsin manufacturer who said because of that tax credit, that was the reason why I could add so many more jobs now employing over 500 people at his facility he said, listen, if this thing goes away, um, I might have to take a serious long look at moving Never mind, I probably won't be able to sustain those jobs. He was talking about being able to invest in innovation that allowed him to improve efficiency at his facility so that he could then free up some dollars to hire more Wisconsin workers. I think that what people don't understand about this one tax credit is that you invest in Wisconsin, which includes hiring Wisconsin workers in order to get it in the first place. Somehow the liberals and Tony Evers seem to think that's a bad idea that we can do without manufacturing expansion in the state of Wisconsin to pay for the fantasy extra thousand bucks per person that Tony Evers wants to spend on government services that none of us are going to benefit from. Well, when people have great jobs like that, they're paying state taxes, they have their own health insurance, they're contributing into their communities in various various ways. So, yeah, that's what uh, Tony Evers really wants to put an end to. It's interesting, when I talk to some of the state reps and senators who are near the Illinois border or near the Minnesota border. They just have story after story of businesses that are coming into Wisconsin now to get out of the environment that they are in in our neighboring states. And what a great thing that is. Well, yeah, and Illinois keeps wanting to make it easier for Illinois companies to relocate in Wisconsin. But if Wisconsin makes it harder to choose Wisconsin, then they're going to pick another state. They'll go to Indiana, which is a very, uh, a very favorable tax climate, is a very favorable economic climate. They'll go to Iowa, potentially Michigan, Minnesota, potentially. You don't want to make Wisconsin, you don't want to take Wisconsin off the list, particularly at a time when other states seem to be determined to drive their own budgets into deep, deep deficits. And in the case of Illinois, junk bond status. So here's the question I have. Um, this budget's terrible. It's, I mean, it's, a, it's a fantasy. It's a political document more than anything else. It's a statement of progressive pieties. Um, it's, it's campaign rhetoric material. But what are the Republicans going to do? I mean, obviously, you're going to reject the budget. But it seems to me that some of these elements deserve a hearing so that the Democrats who are living in those districts that take advantage of bad economies in Illinois, um, that they can they can run on the number of jobs created in their districts because of the great work that the Republican legislature has done, that they ought to be able to have an opportunity to vote up or down on some of these items, particularly things like 
in-state tuition for illegal aliens and voter ID for illegal aliens and letting people who smoke weed just kick back and collect welfare benefits? Well, you know, we've got the joint finance process, Vicki, and that is controlled by the Republicans on, on, on the Assembly side and the, and, and the Senate side. And it's our job to put together a prudent budget that makes sense, understanding the realities and also honoring the past great things that have happened in the late, last eight years to bring our state to where we're at. So it's going to be a process. It'll be aired out fully, and we'll, we'll be walking through all these items, uh, you know, job through each section at a time of our state of our state government and and uh you know we'll be having to, it's going to be our job to to message this stuff as to what we're doing and why we're doing it and why it's the right thing to do you know it's interesting yeah because uh, otherwise i i guess one thing i go was ahead doing is uh you know we had some uh agency hearings this week and the department of workforce development fellow was up there testifying and um Someone asked him, you know, you're, you're probably going to be in a room where we're talking to an outside job creator and trying to convince him that Wisconsin is the place to go. I mean, how are you really going to convince him that Wisconsin is the place to go when you, you want to do away with right to work in the state of Wisconsin? Tell me, how is that going to influence those job creators from outside of our state to want to come to this state? Uh, the simple answer is it certainly won't. And, uh, we, we, we've got those great laws in place right now to see that people do have economic freedom and economic opportunity. And uh, it's going to be pretty hard to think that someone who represents the state of Wisconsin can go to a job creator. And with these policies that are attempting to be implemented in Governor Evers' budget, can even say with a straight face, we want you here in our state. That just won't be happening. Oh, I... I, I agree with Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. And if I could just ask you the, the most, the, the one favor, just bring his budget director and have them explain how we're not going to kill the goose that laid the golden egg by doing all of this stuff. Because I'd love to be able to pick apart that explanation. That would be fun to see Tony Evers, great economic gurus being grilled by people like you or other folks with some idea of what it takes to actually grow an economy. I think that would be, um, I think we'd all enjoy that immensely, Dewey. If you could, if you could accommodate that us, moment, that'd be great. We will have that moment. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it as always. Thank you. Senator Dewey Strobel. So we are in the we are in the in the in the hangar for the budget now. Joint Finance Committee has it. This is going to be some furry fun.
as we move into late spring. This is probably going to drag into summer. Um, Hopefully the Republicans understand that this is a gift with regard to messaging um, because the policy is just so universally bad. It's just so bad. Get all of those historic Democrats who just vote Democrat because their dads voted Democrat to to understand that the party they've been voting for is for illegal aliens voting, is for pot smokers getting welfare benefits and, you know, in-state tuition for people who aren't citizens of the U.S. That ought to be it. I mean, I think that's just a huge winner for the Democratic Party. Have a great day. Cranking the tunage, cranking the tunes in my delicate ears, my delicate middle age ears. The rock and roll. David's cranking the rock and roll. It's <laughs> cranking you some tell me to get off your lawn next. The devil's music. You got that music up a little too loud. Get off my son. So I was at, I was in the quad in my my old school. The $57,000 a year now, Beloit College, which um, charges that so that it doesn't um, need to protect free speech on campus. By the way, anybody dumb enough to pay $57,000 a year? To have speech taken away from you? To have speech taken away from you? You're Mm -hmm. idiots. Mm -hmm. And I have no sympathy for the massive mountain of debt you are putting your kids in line for to send them to a school like Beloit College that would charge them $57,000 a year and then allow a handful of rabble-rousers to run conservative speakers off campus with an administrative with, with the weakest administrative response in the history of weak administrative <laughs> responses. Just say no. You can you can have Conservative speakers run off campus for far less than $57,000 a year. No, I was thinking, though, back in the day when I was on the quad, when it was only, you know, like $15,000 a year to have your free speech quashed at Beloit College. <laughs> they didn't quash it back then quite the way not, they not do quite now. As, not quite as enthusiastically, but then again, we didn't pay as much. So I guess, right. you know, the free speech gets crushed the sure. more you pay. Uh, but I do remember, um, and I forget her name. She was notorious for making the circuit back in the 80s. Sister something. She was some kind of um, traveling activist. She might've, it might have been a joke, for all I know. Was she a real sister? Uh, no, I don't think she was a nun. She was somebody's sister. She just she called just herself sister. What the heck was her name? Sister Christian. No. Her time no, had come? No, anyway. Okay. Sister something. She wasn't a nun. She just called herself sister as if, you mm-hmm. know, we were all sisters. Oh, you know, something. I see. Anyway, she, would, she, would, <laughs> she came to campus a couple of times <laughs> with a bullhorn to, to tell students, this is in the 80s, okay, man, mm-hmm. the mid-80s, to stop listening to James Taylor music. James Taylor music? He's an ultra-lib. James Taylor Music, because James Taylor music was uniquely um, uh, dangerous. Really? Yes. How so? Fire and rain can be dangerous. I guess so. You've so. got a friend is as hostile as I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm your handyman was a little bit creepy. No doubt I made about the mistake of, of not paying attention and walking, cutting through the crowd. <laughs> a circle had gathered around of about maybe 40 students or so, and 
And they were asking questions about, like, who the hell is James Taylor? It was basically right. the big question. And I walked through the center of the circle, and I was I was called out by Sister, whatever her name was. She, the articles have been written about this woman because she used to make the rounds, campus to campus. And uh, and I was um, I was told I was listening to that that dangerous satanic James Taylor the music, music, and I was like, I, at the time, honest to God, I did not know who James Taylor was. <laughs> and I looked at him like, I don't know who he is. I swear, who's James Taylor? You know, I mean, I, I know, knew who Duran Duran was. You better pull the best of Brad out of your uh, <laughs> eight-track cassette library, I too. I'm sure I would have recognized his music had someone played it for me. I can't, I find James Taylor is like the it's like the tab cola of music. No kidding. I like the way that you it's express that, though. He really, truly is <laughs> really the tab cola bland, of music. Bland, saccharine, with an aftertaste. Oh, so yeah. I think maybe she was right about James Taylor music. Why am I bringing this but up? But I don't understand. I don't know. Vicky, yeah, I don't understand. I'm a little punchy after my after my illness. Yes, and by the way, how are you feeling? Because I was listening Thursday Chuffed. on the way back home from the Janesville uh, public hearing of the legislative, uh, uh, the Joint Finance Committee, and you sounded on the air at a certain point like, do you remember Flounder from the movie <laughs> Animal House? <laughs> what is it, son? Out with it! <laughs> it sounded like wow. you were close. You were on the verge. Wow, I was. I was of a rough. I was pre-flounder. Is you were what you're pre-flounder. <laughs> well, that's first. Being no, compared did, with flounder s- from Animal House, that's sounded, an absolute first. You sounded ill, and I so Ill. I was telling Chris Rochester we were riding back together, and I said, "Chris, hope she doesn't call me in to fill in no, for her. She's a walking petri dish." I hear, I hear Vicky's under the weather, and uh, let's let's put on the bat. Mobiles. <laughs> Drive into the studio. We got a gig, son. Armed with with a can of Lysol in each hand. <laughs> By the way, I am in the studio now. And I sprayed it down. Okay. I, You're welcome. I'm first. My <laughs> first. It. My first concern is your health. Yeah, and my second is mine. Right. <laughs> Matt, stop in here for some hand sanitizer. I, I am. No, the, I'm fine. The baptismal font I'm over there. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Welcome to the program. Well, I don't have you. a I don't have a um I don't have a suitable matching insult for you. But uh give me time. All right. Give me time. I'm I'm still off I my game a little no, bit. No, no, I I know you're up up to the uh, the task. Uh let's <laughs> <laughs> Let's continue to talk about the budget, shall we, mm. Matt Kittle? Um and I want to specifically talk about some things that that we didn't do at the 50,000 foot view uh, Senator Strobel and I. Um one of them being re uh, bringing back eminent domain for bike paths. Yes. Because you know nothing says necessity <laughs> quite like property seizure for bike paths. Mm. I, I I can think of wow you know all kinds of public necessities, and bike paths is right at the top of the list, man. Oh, right yes. there at the top of the list. Please, you know, take my property for a bike path. Mm. What? Yeah. This was just, I mean, we finally got this awful reinterpretation of how eminent domain could have been used in Wisconsin removed, mm-hmm. and now Evers wants to put it back in. Yeah, it's as confusing to taxpayers and people who value liberty as hearing that James Taylor is the devil incarnate, and you listen to his music at your your soul's own peril. 
No, it's well, it it's, will bland out your soul quite a bit, so it could be perilous. That's right, but it's a good, smooth, alternative groove. Man. Not really, dude. Alternative <laughs> contemporary groove. No, that's what we got from the secretary designee. Remember, he's he's not confirmed yet, but uh, secretary of transportation designee Craig Thompson and the transportation folks appeared before the uh, the budget committee last week and was asked that question. We have it documented at MacGyver. You can find the video there, but that's what he's talking about. Yes, eminent domain is a perfectly good way of taking land for the better, highest use, which would be, in this case, as you talked about, bike right. trails. Right. That pro- private property of yours is mm-hmm. much better not yours. Right. It's much better the state of Wisconsin's to be used for a bike path Question, what the hell does bike paths have to do with the Department of Transportation? This is how we've gotten so far afield. This is the same Department of Transportation and and former road builders lobbyist who wants to see a massive increase in the gas tax, a return to gas tax indexing, and a toll system so that we can fund necessary transportation projects, Matt, like bike paths mm. or roundabouts that rollerbladers and bicyclists can use in parks. I, I might point out, too, if you go to the MacGyver website, you will find a very talented skating performance by none other than Vicki McKenna right. uh, with a Time to Benny Hill on, music. On a, yes, which is the appropriate <laughs> music, incidentally. On it's a, fantastic. On a, on a Bike roundabout, mm-hmm. one of those many necessary priorities that is not permitted to be audited in the Department of Transportation, nor are we the people permitted to have a say, presumably, in the policy priorities of the Department of Transportation. Meanwhile, Matt, meanwhile, actual priorities seem to go by the wayside while pet projects seem to get particular treatment as we have had multiple bike paths ripped up and repaved and ripped up and repaved. In fact, Fish Hatchery Road in front of this radio station has been torn up three or four times. Dave, do you remember how many? Three times in about 10 or 11 years so that the bike path could either be repaved, repainted, expanded, expanded again, These are transportation priorities that we're supposed to believe that we have a billion-dollar deficit in necessity of a massive tax increase. Well, and it is interesting. I mean, all jokes aside, the video is a spoof, of course, taking a look at the silliness. But it's real. I mean, it's a spoof, but it's actually a real thing. It is real, but we've heard over and over again from the Transportation Development Authority, the transportation road builders, and now you're getting a theme here, of just how horrible our roads are, our highways are, Vicky. our systems of transportation are. And now, at the same time, when we're, we're dealing with what they have painted as just an absolute crisis, and we, have, we don't have the money to fund this, now they want to spend money on bike paths, and they want to take property to do that. Which, I, by the way, the property, the reduction in property value is the reduction in property tax. Right. You know, this is the other thing. So you are actually doing this at the detriment of local governments, county governments, because you're going to eventually, over time, reduce the amount of taxable property. Now, the state of Wisconsin got rid of its its property tax, but local governments haven't. But it's, it's, it gets better than that. 
The same Department of Transportation that is claiming we need massive spending so that we can prioritize things like bike paths and seizure of private property, um, all the while claiming that those roads are just so terrible. Um, Governor Evers has a budget that if you take the entire surplus that we have now over $600 million, plus the projected $1.8 billion surplus that the Legislative Fiscal Bureau estimates we're going to get from economic growth, shut off the spigot of economic growth, spend it all on other stuff, but you have $2 billion in Tony Evers' spending priorities that gobble up all surplus that... Nobody is talking about might, even if it's true, what Craig Thompson and his merry band of lot of taxpayer pocket picking lobbyists have to say. Nobody is suggesting that that $2 billion go to Rhodes. Yeah, exactly. And take a look at what it does. You talked to Senator Strobel about this. You put in all of the things that the governor wants to put in his budget. At the end of it all, by the time you get to 2021, you have a structural deficit of $2 billion. So you have over $6 billion in increased spending from the last budget that Walker and the Republicans put in play to this budget that Evers is talking about. You have $1.3 billion in tax increases. By the way, the governor calls those small. $1.3 billion small increases. We have a Property tax through your bank impact. account. Exactly. We have all of these things going on, and now we're talking about adding on to this at the same time, taking, giving governments the ability to take property away from private citizens. Truly. It's unbelievable. Yeah. If you think you about it. You can't make it up. You, because all of these now brand new priorities, like making sure people who want to smoke weed can get their welfare benefits and, and you know, deadbeat dads can continue to collect their welfare benefits. And we expand welfare benefits to people who are in the country illegally and in-state tuition for illegal aliens and illegal alien driver's licenses and expansion of welfare benefits in Wisconsin. At the same time, you want to kick manufacturing and agriculture in the teeth by denying them an effective mechanism to expand their base of operations and add jobs and increase Wisconsin's economy. Where does Craig Thompson think he's going to get his ever-expanding magical pot of money? It's a good question, but I would ask the same question. Of all of these agencies and all of these special interests on the left that came in to see Governor Tony Evers, State uh, Representative Joe Sanfilippo told me recently, all of these people came into his office and said, Governor Evers has promised this much money to me. Are you going to come through on that? He said, Governor Evers is promising everybody everything because he doesn't have to pay the bill (laughs) just say no dude governor evers lied to you (laughs) it's truly amazing governor evers is just i mean if if governor evers were pinocchio he'd never become a boy just saying we'll be right back Now, Dr. Kittle has decided to re-diagnose me well, they call as me having MD Kittle for a reason, ma'am. poisoning. M.D. Kittle. <laughs> Your doctor is in. It's true. You are called M.D. Kittle. Yes, I am. I guess I should have realized that. <laughs> <laughs> and right. I do play a doctor on the radio. Does that mean we're out of time, Dave? 
Oh, we're out of time. So it's gonna we're gonna have to direct people to MacIverInstitute.com to learn about what happens. I mean, the devastation that would happen if we get rid of something called the Manufacturing Agriculture's Tax Credit. Matt Kittle. Matt Kittle has diagnosed me with food poisoning. Mm-hmm. He said food poisoning. Got some bad Chinese. I don't know. I was 12 hours since I ate Chinese Those food. Those egg rolls can stick around for it a while. It wasn't. It was um, mush. No, it was... Mushy, um, mushy? No, it was snow peas. It was a chicken and snow peas. There's your culprit right there. <laughs> I was at least 12. It wasn't food poisoning. I don't... Who knows? Matt Kittle, thank you for coming in. Thank you, Matt. Do appreciate it. Folks, we'll be right back. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The views expressed on the following program are not necessarily the views of WIBA, its management, sponsors, or staff. Broadcasting live from Planet Madison, where everything is beyond parody. This is the Vicki McKenna Show. To be a part of the program, in Madison, call 321-1310. Statewide, call toll-free at 877-235-1310. Or email vicki at wiba.com. Now, here's Vicki McKenna. Sorry, I was distracted. I was checking my text messages from President Trump. (laughs) I signed up for the text messages. I went to a rally after the election, which is how I finally understood um, how it was possible. Because, I I mean, although I supported President Trump prior to the election, not prior to the primary, but prior to the election, I uh, I didn't I didn't quite get it. I was really surprised on election night, but all all the people who had supported the president weren't surprised. You guys weren't surprised, right? So I went to a rally in West Dallas, and to get into the rally, you had to text to get credentials. You had to text to a certain number. Well, that put me on the Trump mailing list, the text message list, which I'm thoroughly enjoying. Um, usually it's messages like, we must stop the massive caravan surging to our border. I'm going to the wall to show Dems walls work. Finish the wall. Donate now. So it's, you know, they're campaign emails. Um, they've, I've been getting them since 2016, since the end of 2016. Um, this one is uh, for loyal supporters only. Get, a, get your first membership card since 2017. Donate now and get personalized exclusive membership. Okay, I'd rather have the coin. I think, I think the Trump camp. You know, you heard that Trump coin twenty twenty. I looked at that thing. 
it's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. It comes in solid silver and solid gold. Um, it is being sold by an alternative investment company, but um, but they're cool. I think I think President Trump, his campaign ought to offer a deal on the on that coin. I think they should have the coin and the MAGA hat. <laughs> uh, I guess we have a crisis at the border. Weird. We have a crisis at the border. Um, now that Mexico has agreed, well, at least in principle, to try to close down the migrant movement through the border of Guatemala, it looks like the press has, has they want to give Mexico credit for stemming the what? Say the C word with me. Crisis. Huh. This is, um, this is a, another reason why no rational, normal people trust the national press any longer. The only reason Mexico is willing to try, at the very least, at least give the indication it will try, to close off, to seal off the border with Guatemala, is because President Trump threatened to close down trade with Mexico. And that was the previous week. Oh my gosh, the avocados could be gone in three weeks. We won't have any guacamole. Holy no guacamole is no bueno. So, after that conniption fit that didn't produce any amount of sympathy, they saw an opportunity to pivot to praise Mexico. Mexico, which has essentially been given free pass to all the migrant caravans coming through the country of Mexico, crashing our southern border. Suddenly, Mexico is the good guy in helping to stave off the next wave of migrant caravans, assuming they do it. The only reason Mexico even thought about helping was because President Trump threatened those avocados. We'll be right back. talk about how Madison is racist. I have a solution. I have a solution. City of Madison, Dane County, fire the white people. We'll talk about that coming up. It does seem to just be the solution. I mean, otherwise it's just constant conflict. You know, I mean, all the white people in Madison have to accept that they're racist because they have white privilege. Yes, even if you're broke and you're miserable and you don't seem to think you have any privilege, you obviously do because you're white. You need to just go away. Um, If you work for the city or the county, you ought to be fired. Frankly, the actual real solution is to just leave. Just leave. Because, um, really, it's racist. I mean, there's 197,000 People, adults in Madison, 175,000 of them are white. I mean, on its face, it's obvious Madison's racist. And by the way, 83% of the 175,000 white Madisonians are liberal. It's obvious liberals are racist on its face. We got to do something about this. We'll talk about that coming up on the program. David Johnson, Strategic Vision, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? David's like, what has she just said? I'm not. I hope she doesn't want me to comment on what she just said. 
Um, great to have you on the program. Uh, let's talk. Great to be on. Let's talk about the um, this crazy. Whoop! Hang on, I just unplugged myself, David. Ah, oh, for Pete's sakes! See what happens. See what happens when you call in sick for a day. Lose it. All right, David. Uh, the presidential candidates here. Um, boy. <laughs> First, I guess let's start with Joe. Let's start with Joe. Um, you know, first off, let's just all imagine that Joe Biden, his real name is Mike Pence. And let's just imagine that as Joe Biden was being Uncle Hansy while he was vice president, um, his name was really Mike Pence. What do you suppose, David, we would be seeing from the mainstream press regarding the handsy nature of the vice president if his name were instead Mike Pence? I'm sure we'd be hearing that he's a sexual predator. We'd be hearing allegations of sexual assault. It'd be Brett Kavanaugh all over again. He'd be, it'd be calls for the vice president to step down. Absolutely. And we'd have some Republicans being weak-kneed. And yep. joining in, unfortunately. Absolutely. All right. So Joe Biden has a, what, 30, 40, maybe even longer year history of this kind of behavior, sniffing women's hair, you know, kissing on people, and 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 suddenly it's a problem for him. But I do think it is a problem for him because his competitors, who don't want him to get into the race in the first place, are so far to the left of him, and he's such an old white guy. That, and the thing is, too, knock him down because they're scared of him. Because looking at on paper, he's probably the strongest candidate that could run against them. So why not take him out now, especially in a party that has zero tolerance for this kind of behavior? Right. Zero tolerance for this kind of behavior, unless you were the vice president of the United States under Barack Obama, in which case it was adorable. It was adorable to, to lay hands on people. His, his strong support, even in spite of all of this, isn't coming from uh, white voters. It's coming from African-American voters. He's got a double-digit lead over his opponents, and that's because of his Barack Obama connection. Yep. All right. So Biden, in terms of his potential to unseat Trump, though, um, as Biden is on the campaign trail, he's tacking ever further to the left. I mean, he, he's he's trying to, to he's trying to mouth the line of the faculty lounge. Um, no matter how radical is it, it is, he's for it. Um, is it, even. Let's put aside his age for a second, which might get in the way. Could Joe Biden defeat Donald Trump? No, not right now. Not with the economy the way it is. And not with uh, Biden going further to the left. What people liked about Joe Biden prior to all this is he seemed like an everyman. He was reaching across party lines and has a history of doing so. Now, he, in order to win the nomination... He's becoming this radical uh, socialist in many ways, and that turns off his appeal for the general election. Okay. I think so, too. I think Joe Biden's appeal was, first off, you didn't dig too deeply into 
you know, what he was saying, what his policies were. You never he never really had to run a hard race in his whole life and that he seemed like a nice fella. He seemed like a guy who liked the military. He seemed like a guy who could give a decent speech. He seemed like a guy who, you know, as long as you had him on his on his, you know, his note cards could say things that sounded sort of rational, but he doesn't now. So let's talk about Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders seems to have a high level of enthusiasm. He's coming to Madison this coming Friday. Um, is Bernie Sanders the front runner again? Is Bernie Sanders a front runner, and, and does it matter that he's an old man? He's the front runner right now, and no, it doesn't matter to a lot of these Democrats because most Democrats feel at this point he was robbed of the nomination. He deserves it, and he's the champion for the far democratic socialist left, as they call themselves. Remember, this is a party now that has no past. Everyone in its past is corrupt or racist. Uh, Even Barack Obama was too conservative for today's Democratic Party. So it's all about the present, and their present is a man who's close to 80 years old and is a socialist. Yeah, he's the he's the um, he's the fully realized adult version of AOC is what he is. Um, so can he can can Bernie Sanders beat Donald Trump? I, that one I can't. He can, no, he can't. And I think if he's nominated, it drags down the entire ticket even more so than some of these other candidates would. Okay, so I'm that makes me pro Bernie Sanders all of a sudden. All right, so he's he's number one in my in my uh, in my go to guy for the Democrats of the other candidates, and there are so many. Um, you know who is you know potentially going to surge ahead and show themselves to be an actual contender because beyond Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden, the field is so immense. I suppose Kamala Harris and Cory Booker—they seem like they would be front runners. Everybody else I seems think like Kamala also runs. The one to look at of all of them. All right, because of her ability to raise money. Um, He knows really how to stab people in the back politically. She's got the overall, I think, to go the entire duration of this campaign. Kamala Harris can't beat Donald Trump. I don't believe she can defeat Donald Trump at this moment as long as the economy stays the way it is. All right. So a lot of this is dependent on the economy. You know, I saw an article, David, that said most people do not appreciate that for the entire past year they've had more money in their paychecks from the tax reform and think that Donald Trump raised their taxes because they have smaller tax refunds. This is so the one thing the Republicans thought they were going to be able to use as a slam dunk they never bothered to explain well enough so that people actually appreciated it, um, even though they've been getting more money in their paychecks. They didn't. And now with taxes coming uh, due, more and more people are seeing that they're having to pay uh, more when they didn't expect to pay anything in their taxes because more was take- less was taken out throughout the year. And now because Republicans didn't explain it, it's creating confusion and anger toward the party. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, so how big of a hiccup is this, since it is the one signature achievement in terms of, you know, the elected representation in Congress, the elected rep- Republican representation? It could be major. We know Democrats are going to run on it, and right now we have a lot of resentment. If throughout the year, though, the economy continues to pick up steam, 
I don't think it'll be as major of an issue. Of the other of the other Democratic presidential candidates, let's look at Cory Booker here, because he seems to be one who wants an awful lot of attention. Also, someone willing to say just about anything in order to appease the hard left. Yes. Is he is he I I, I mean, I think he's, he's less serious than. Though. Yeah, he's not. He's less he's serious not, than Kamala Harris. He is. If you look at the fundraising, especially he really had a horrendous fundraising uh, return. Uh, the South Bend mayor raised more money than he did. Uh, Amy Klobuchar basically outraised him as well. Amy Klobuchar has got, does, not, does not have a chance. Now, I'm going to say this guy's name wrong. Um, the South Bend mayor, Pete Buttigieg or something like that. I, I, I've, I've not seen Buttigieg his... check is what they call it. check. okay. Um, how's, how about this guy? I mean, he's a mayor of a town, of a city... Um, he's, he, he's, he seems to want to present himself as something of a moderate, um, but you look just even just barely beyond the surface. He's very liberal. Um, is, is he the one to maybe, you know, a sort of a dark horse candidate that could sort of sneak by everybody? There's that potential. I mean, he's got the fact too, that he served in the military, but I think he is really, creating a lot of animosity towards swing voters by attacking Christians. And we've seen this with his attacks on Mike Pence. Just recently. And now he's attacking evangelical Christians as well. Yeah, he's saying that anybody who doesn't, who, who criticizes gay marriage um, is, you know, an affront to God. Is is kind of you know the shorthand of of how he's attacking Christians is they don't they're not Christians um, you know he's he's suggesting that gay marriage is is blessed by God and I mean these attacks on Mike Pence have become almost daily attacking him he's making Mike Pence his straw man to attack all right well I don't know if that necessarily helps him win an election against Trump, but it might help no, it him doesn't. but it might help him in the primaries. In the Democratic primary. Right. I don't think it helps him in a state but, like Wisconsin, but I think it helps him in a, in some other states potentially. The other thing though, Vicky, and you and I know this, as you look at the past, candidates who are ahead and surging in the polls a year before the primaries and caucuses always flame out. True. Look at Scott, Howard Dean for example. look at Scott Walker. I mean, you had Rush Limbaugh spend half an hour talking about how he could be the next president of the United States. And within in fairly short order, his campaign just face planted. So, yeah. Um, all right. Some other ones that we can consider here. Uh, Beto O'Rourke. This guy is essentially saying, hey, what do you want me to say? I'll say whatever you want me to say. He just sounds like a clown and he talks like a stoner. I mean, I think this guy is the one guy that we're not even going to be talking about in a couple of months. I think he's going to flame out. Uh, Elizabeth Warren seems to be going nowhere. Now it looks like Stacey Abrams from down here in Georgia might be entering the presidential race. Oh, no, J- Stacey Abrams is a non-entity. She is a non-entity. That is just, you know, I guess that's just more distraction. But, you, you know, Stacey Abrams, who couldn't win her race in Georgia, um, who's claiming that the that the election was stolen from her in Georgia, um, is not someone who I think is going to have broad appeal. I don't even think she's going to have appeal in Georgia, let alone beyond not, the borders of your state. Polling, she's out polling Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren, and some of these others in uh, trial polls that begun already. 
I think that's because nobody knows anything about her. And because she made it, was it Marie Claire magazine? I think featured her on the cover along with some of the other elite leftist women. So I think that's going to be something that is not, I think that is not something that will be sustained. Anyone out, anyone out there besides Bernie, uh, maybe Kamala Harris, um, you know, who, who actually is, a, could potentially real. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Come out of the box and be a very difficult contender for Donald None Trump. None that I see at this time. Yeah. So if that's the case, I mean, wouldn't it make the most sense for the Democrats to try to figure out a way not to allow the most radical of thou to become their presidential candidate since the further to the left you go, the harder it's going to be to lay a glove on the guy? You would think so, but this party has become so radicalized that going to further to the left is what they want. All right, well, I'm for that, um, I guess, just because it just makes it it makes it easier. I mean, it, it, right now it does, at least, David. But again, we figured out a way how to let people not understand that they had more money in their paychecks because of the Republicans. We 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 figured out a way to let ourselves get blamed for that. The as if it's do it over and over, over again. and over again. Good to have you on the program. Thank you for joining me. Great to be on, David Johnson, Strategic Vision, uh, based out of Georgia, folks. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the program. So now we're at a point where you've got potentially, I think we have eight people who are going to have charges referred against them to the attorney general, um, courtesy of the House Intelligence Committee and and other House members. Um, But that is not something that I am seeing dissected in any way in the press. 
you have an absolute disaster at the border. And I would say credit to some local media that featured Ron Johnson talking about that crisis at the border. But for the most part, the media is not even admitting there is a crisis at the border. You have got insane things being said by Democratic presidential candidates, like let's eliminate the Electoral College, let's pay reparations. And those claims are either not being reported at all because they're so radical, or they're being treated as if these are common sense, uncontroversial statements of policy that the liberals have always been in support of. Um, All of this, again, suggesting the media has not learned anything from its two-year foray into promoting what was, and I think now is understood by most rational people to have been the Russia collusion hoax. Rich Noyes from Media Research Center is on the phone. How you doing, Rich? I'm good, Vicky. How are you? I'm, I'm well. I guess it was a pipe dream to expect anyone in the mainstream press to learn their lesson, even as Rachel Maddow's ratings plummet, even as CNN loses massive amounts of audience, even though you've got newspaper circulation that is, you know, suggesting that a whole bunch of folks are going to be losing their jobs at those outlets. You know, even though you've got general public support turning against the media, they do seem to be trying to figure out ways to pretend either A, there still is Russian collusion, or B, they never made a mistake in the first place, and let's pivot to trying to normalize things like blowing up the Electoral College. Yeah, I mean, what's that old definition of insanity? It's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Uh, You know, the media were full of of uh, humble uh, humble notes after the election debacle. They thought there was no way Donald Trump could win. They didn't understand how anybody could vote for him. And then after the election, they realized they were simply not paying attention to vast swaths of America that were tired of the way the elites were doing things. And they said, well, we really have to do a much better job, uh, you know, after 2016 in, in paying attention to that, that part of the country. And what did they do? They immediately went into this attack mode on uh, on President Trump, they they started generating this this collusion story. They filled their airwaves with it. CNN basically made that their entire uh, programming uh, uh, schedule was just collusion hour after hour. And now we have the uh, the bar summary coming out saying that Mueller found no collusion or conspiracy by Trump campaign officials with Russia. Period. And you know, <laughs> you know, they 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 did not. Uh, react uh, with any humility to that either and now they're they're living in the the sort of little interregnum where they are hoping that bill barr wrote it in such a way that is so dishonest and so wrong and so unlikely that they'll be able to the real report will show all this collusion and that it was simply Barr's dishonesty i think the chances of that are zero yeah i do too you know Mueller is helping barr and rosenstein work on this report to make it uh, ready for the public Mueller wouldn't be cooperating like that. He'd be out there uh, talking about how bad this, this, uh, this, this letter was. It's not going to happen. And the fact that they're taking this seriously means uh, they're still living in denial. They still are, are, are waiting for sort of the, the real collusion to be found. They can't get past their own conspiracy theories. Yeah, and look at the, the way the, the uh, call from Nadler to subpoena bars 
uh, correspondence on the creation of the memo from the Mueller report. Um, They act like that's serious. They act like somehow his demanding to see secret grand jury information, which can only be released, by the way, if Mr. Nadler decides to proceed with an impeachment proceeding against President Trump, um, that, that somehow he's trying to hide something because he can't release that which is illegal to release. That's something that has been covered as if it is a a legitimate critique against uh, Attorney General Barr and against President Trump. It's, you know, this is how they are. They didn't learn their lesson from Rathergate. They haven't learned their lesson from getting duped by Russia collusion because I think they were willing dupes about this. None of them are saying, hey, what about that John Brennan who lied multiple times in committee or lied multiple times on CNN? What about James Clapper who lied multiple times on CNN? Maybe we should be digging into, you know, where this Steele dossier, which was so absurd nobody believed it until BuzzFeed published it. Um, You know, why on earth anybody took that thing seriously? But now they've moved on. So while they're filling time to try to buy themselves a little bit of cover for what happened with the bar memo, now we're beating up on Kirsten Nielsen or we're going after, you know, Republicans claiming that somehow Mike Pence misunderstands God by defending traditional marriage and all kinds of other crazy things like that. Right. And well, I don't think they they really want all the information from the, the from Mueller's investigation. Uh, that's not the point of all of this. I mean, maybe it is just in case they get something good. But what they really want to do is keep the seeds of doubt alive for all the liberals out there who want to believe. And that's media people, that's that's Democratic operatives. Uh, you know, that's the 45% of the country that will never accept this. They want to give them a, a version of a story that allows them to live in their collusion-delusion world. Uh, that's the whole point of all this. Uh, you know, they, they, were, they were so upset that people might be convinced that the fact that just, just because Bob Mueller says there's no collusion, well, what does that mean? Uh, you know, for two years he was the gold standard. Uh, now they're, uh, they're trying to go the other way. You have ignored uh, other pieces of important information being ignored. I see here that you had um, Lester Holt, CBS Evening News, ignore um, the jobs rebound. You had ABC World News Tonight, ignore the jobs rebound. NBC, for the most part, you know, didn't spend any time on the jobs rebound. I mean, CBS actually ignored it entirely. Um, Meanwhile, again... When you look at just the crisis at the border, for instance, again, I give some local media a little bit of credit here for featuring Ron Johnson, explaining explicitly what that crisis is. But for the most part, you had people like Chris Cuomo freaking out about avocados or tequila or tomatoes or something like that um, until they could try to find a way to suggest somehow that maybe Mexico is sticking it in Trump's eye by stopping the crisis at the border. I mean, none of it makes any sense anymore, Rich. I don't even know how you guys do your jobs in analyzing this. Because it's as if the media has abandoned any reason to think that they even need to publish from day to day consistent sets of stories, narratives, or facts. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the border is a great example in the sense that the border story has always been one, as far as the media are concerned, about Trump administration being cruel and, and nasty to these, these, um, uh, these very sympathetic people who are trying to get a better life. They're, they're, as you say, they're completely ignoring the fact that we now have massive numbers of people, up to 100,000 in the month of March, trying to uh, overwhelm the, uh, the uh, Border Patrol resources and, uh, and get in. You know, that is a crisis. You know, Obama's own 
uh, uh, head of Homeland Security said it was a crisis. It would be a crisis at that level. It would overwhelm the system. Uh, they don't want to cover that. They don't want to put the onus on Democrats to pass something that would do a, a stopgap, sort of change some of these incentives. They don't have any harsh questions for Democrats for failing to do their job. They are part of the cabal with Democrats that are trying to soften up the president, soften up Republicans for 2020. Uh, you know, that, that's the only way where all of these things cohere. And certainly making a, a consistent story is not going to do that job because, you know, their, their talking points keep falling apart on them. I agree. And, Rich, it does seem like they're just simply helping the Democrats do everything in their power to avoid actually sitting down with Republicans to try to come up for some with some solutions to some problems. Um, notably, big problems like what is going on at the border right now because it's a key political talking point. You have Beto O'Rourke, who is this darling, you know, I, I, at least with regard to some in the this darling rock star kind of potential Democratic candidate who is saying, we don't need borders. Who needs borders? We don't need walls. We don't need ICE. I mean, echoing AOC's weirdest statements. And instead of saying, um, yeah, we actually do have a crisis. We're going to send some reporters down there. We're not going to talk about potentially not getting our guacamole if we shut down ports of entry at the southern border of the United States. And we're going to ask this guy the next time we send one of our reporters how on earth he thinks what he's saying in Texas makes any sense whatsoever. No, they actually report and repeat what these candidates, guys like him, say is if there's no controversy in it whatsoever. Now we're on to reparations, uh, Rich. Reparations, which ain't going to happen, is insane, could never be done, can't be managed. Everybody thinks it's a terrible idea. Suddenly the media is actually acting as if this is a rational plan or eliminating the Electoral College. Not going to happen, but everybody in the press is acting like this makes some kind of sense because it's not fair that Wisconsin gets to have a say in the presidential race. Yeah, the, the, the entire 2015 campaign, more or less, media coverage consisted of wacky things, Republican candidates, mostly Donald Trump, sometimes Ben Carson, whatever irritated the media that day, they would spend 24 hours just going over those sentences as if it was proof that you had crazy people running on the Republican side. Now you have Democrats going way outside constitutional norms, unworkable policies, things that n- no president would want to go into office with. I don't know how they're going to get around that. And they're acting as if it's just, oh, these are just such interesting, thought-provoking ideas. Well, you know, a lot of these things would be like the Green New Deal. If it was actually put up to a vote, they'd all vote present themselves. None of them want to see this happen. They know it wouldn't work. Absolutely true, and they did. They all voted present. I think that Mitch McConnell should pull that vote over and over and over and (laughs) over and over again to see how many different times and how many different ways Democrats will try to figure out how to not vote for that insane policy. But now you have the, the, the sort of, I guess, the... The, the face of this new radical left movement is AOC. She's not going to do anything, I think, important except maybe inspire. But she's getting on, on nighttime talk shows. She's getting kid glove treatment. She's getting the, oh, isn't she a pretty girl treatment. She's, they're fawning over this woman. Well, yeah, she's, you know, they... they she's you know, a I, dingbat. I, I think anybody who listens to her and has real-world experience understands that. The question is, do reporters understand that? Do these hosts understand that? That's the question. 
I think these these hosts and these reporters do understand that. I think this is part of a concerted effort to simply try to normalize the insane, to normalize the radical, to to try to take the controversial edge off some of these insane ideas like reparations or blowing up the electoral college or you know making everybody ride trains or tearing down all the old buildings or 100% renewable the 100% renewable fantasy that will never happen. I think they want to I think they want to just sort of numb it and, and soften the edges to make that seem like it's a completely normal thing to say, which is why I think you are seeing kid glove treatment given to people like Elizabeth Warren or AOC or Stacey Abrams or Kamala Harris or any of these others who have decided to throw in on the on the giant left wing list of crazy. And I've got a list up on my Facebook page. It is getting longer by the day. But the press acts like, oh, well, you know, reparations, what's the big deal? Uh, you know, a confiscatory tax rate, what's the big deal? Uh, no border, what's the big deal? 16-year-olds voting, what's the big deal? Legal aliens voting in elections, what's the big deal? Um, blowing up the Electoral College, they act like it's not a big thing. I think that is designed to try to get younger, highly enthusiastic voters to say, yeah, those are great ideas, nobody thinks those are controversial. Well, I mean, this is where the press, I mean, you know, they've become sort of a joke as it is. But, you know, if they wanted to in any way salvage their credibility, they've got to go through the same retinue of questions they always have. What are the specifics? How much does it cost? How would it work? All those boring questions that reporters are supposed to ask. Start asking of, of these candidates, of these office holders. They can't just be the watchdogs for one side of the street. Obviously, that's what they've become, but, you know, this is becoming too transparent, too glaring. Yes. Uh, it's become, again, it's, it's become silly season already. And, and we're talking about, you know, single-digit credibility now for these major news outlets where people are getting paid $10 million to host shows or to, you know, to, to be on television. And the thing that is just shocking is, you know, a couple of weeks even maybe, maybe it might take longer than that, but I would say a couple of weeks of fair reporting, and they would start to build their credibility back up, but it's as if they simply refuse to do it. Well, we did have an experience that was unusual in the Trump presidency. I think it was unique in the Trump presidency that is for two days, March 24th and March 25th, he did get good press from ABC, CBS, and NBC. That was when the no collusion uh, finding came out. Uh, that lasted only two days, so it went right back down to 80% negative for this president. Uh, I think that tells you their appetite in sort of you know, changing their coverage when the facts change, they're not that interested. Are these not, are these outlets just not, are, are they not designed to be profitable? Are they not supposed to, you know, be uh, uh, entities that make money? Are they, is Rachel Maddow supposed to now limp along with half her audience and CNN's entire audience not beat one show on Fox News Channel? I mean, is the design, is the model design of media at this point just, it's okay if you lose money as long as your politics are right? I think they're down to uh, their own hardcore audience where they don't want to rock the boat with, you know, uh, scaring liberals away. Uh, and, and that's all they have left. I mean, they're not reaching beyond their own small little echo chamber at this point. That is, I would, I'm just going to say that's a failing model. <laughs> There's a lot of people competing for that limited number of radicals who want to constantly consume Trump hatred night after night after night. Rich Noise, Media Research Center, also newsbusters.org, must-read stuff. Every single day I always go to newsbusters.org. Thank you for coming on the program. Thanks, Vicki. Good to have you. We'll be right back.
You know, I think I'm I think I'm absolutely right that the media could actually resurrect its reputation if just for a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, just stopped being pathetic sh- pathetic shills for anti-American radicalism. Rich Noise off the air said, you know, imagine how CNN is going to have to dig itself out, which it probably can't do. But if it did, you know, a conservative versus liberal format like the old Hannity and Combs show was, you know, back in the day, you could probably actually save yourself, but they won't do it. They hate conservatives that much that they'd be willing to tube their own for-profit operations. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The views expressed on the following program are not necessarily the views of WIBA, its management sponsors or staff. Broadcasting live from Planet Madison, where everything is beyond parody. This is the Vicki McKenna Show. To be a part of the program, in Madison, call 321-1310. Statewide, call toll-free at 877-235-1310. Or email vicki at wiba.com. Now, here's Vicki McKenna. back. Welcome back. Shh. Everybody be quiet. We don't want anyone to know. We don't want Brian Shimming to know that we saw him. <laughs> How you doing? I'm, uh, well, I'm feeling the burn. Are you feeling the burn? I'm feeling the burn, too. I'm feeling the burn. I'm, feeling the, I'm not feeling the bug anymore. I'm feeling the burn, though, because Bernie's coming to town. God, I... That cr- Doc Brown is coming to town. Doc Brown is coming to town. Good Lord. I think St. Bernie's coming in to like... Where's he going to be? Well, he's, somebody said James Madison. A Democrat friend of mine said James Madison. Is he going to call on the city of Madison and James Madison to change their name because Madison owns slaves? Well, yeah. I mean, if he releases tax returns because he keeps insisting the president ought to, I think Byrne could use this moment of all places in Madison, at James Madison in Madison, if that's where it is. And uh, so St. Byrne is maybe he's coming to town to, you know, celebrate the election of a progressive Dane mayor. Could be. Could you know, be, This Brian. could be the second victory celebration for the mayor. We have got, could be, the, the only reason why he might be coming to yeah. town here. Um, well, the mayor, and apparently everybody else, says Madison is institutionally racist. 
Uh, that's apparently what the school board now believes, is that Madison is institutionally racist. It looks yeah. like um, old Toriana Petaway uh, has yeah. passed out the latest white privilege posters, which are up at the city county building, if you'd like to go take a look at them yourselves, uh, talking about how uh, white privilege, you know, even if you don't think you have privilege because you're poor and miserable, um, that's just you being racist. I mean, Madison... One thing Paul Soglin could do on the way it? out the door... Give her Toriana Pettyway her walking papers. You're such a racist. She she's an embarrassment. You're a racist. Oh, she's you are such a racist. I don't even care how much of a lefty she is. You've got Madison, Wisconsin, named after the president who owned slaves. Brian, look at all the work we've got to do here. Okay, you've got Madison. Madison is in the top ten LGBT friendly cities, but it's not the number one. LGBT friendly well, city. What does that tell you? You have got you've got a high school named after a slave owner. You have got multiple buildings at the University of Wisconsin campus named after racist uh, that's, eugenicists. That's true. Also true. The birthplace of of eugenics uh, and the progressive movement. I know the progressives don't want to admit this, but if they really want to salve their white privilege, they would right here in Wisconsin. You know, I was I was looking up some numbers, Shem. I think I'm going to share some of these numbers with you. Because I think that the solution here, be bold. Be bold. No baby steps. Yeah, let's go for them. Go big or go home. Right. right? Stop barking, start biting. Oh, my. Fire all the white people at the city county building. Fire the white people and change the name of the city of Madison. Change it to Obama. Sure, that'd be fine. Who else could we change it to? Change it to Farrakhan. Yeah, Something, right. you know? Someone more reasonable. Or uh, you, you, who's, a, who's a famous gay black person? Jussie Smollett. Call it Smollett, Wisconsin. Yeah, he's looking for a new home these right? days. He's been run out of Chicago, so. Brian Shimming. Brian Shimming. Let me prove to you how irredeemably <clears throat> racist Madison is. Oh, my. Besides the white privilege, you know, you have white privilege, and if you don't accept it, that means you are a racist. Come on. Um, I mean, you be have, serious. Madison population estimated as of 2019 is 255,214. We're over a quarter of a million. All right, 255,000. 92.7% of the 255,214 white people. That would be 235,562. 7.3% black people. That's 18,630. Now, if we break that down by adults only, right? Adults only. We have 197,000 white adults, 14,827 black adults. I mean, the numbers alone prove this place is racist, Brian. Could we be wallowing in guilt? The numbers alone. Now, if you break it down even further, of the population of adults at 211,828, that's the total population of adults, 175,000 of them, Brian, are liberals. Um, sure. Only 36,000 are non-liberals. Hence, liberals are racist. It's time to go big or go home. <laughs> go big or go home. If Madison is structurally racist, Madison has been controlled by the left for as long as I can remember. There is barely a rounding error at this point of conservatives in Madison. And so I think that if Sacha Rhodes Conway or if any of the people who are on the Madison school yeah, board, the county honest. board, the city county, uh, the, the city council 
had any amount of, of self-reflective honesty about them, they would resign their positions immediately, immediately if they were white. If they were, in fact, working for the city, working for the school system, working for the county, and they're white, they'd resign. And failing that, Brian, I think an executive order to fire all white people from government work in Madison is in order. I think a demand for a change of the James Madison, the name of the James Madison, James Madison Memorial needs to be coming from on high. And I think I the think city of Madison itself ought to change its name. Then maybe we can finally figure out a way to truly quash our white privilege here. I think they could rename James Madison Park Henry Reynolds Park, as in Reynolds Transfer and Storage. Uh, Henry Reynolds was the mayor in the early 60s when the city council uh, voted to allow open housing in Madison. He was the Republican mayor of Madison who broke the tie on the Madison City Council. All the Republicans voted for open housing. All the Democrats on the city council voted against it. And Republican Henry Reynolds voted to allow open housing in Madison, Wisconsin. I think Reynolds Park could be fine. Reynolds Park would be great, but then they'd have family, to... Would great. that have to be the last time Madison had a Republican mayor? Uh, Bill Dyke in the early 70s, my friend Bill. And um, I think uh, that would be about it, though. So 19, 1970s. Uh, cor- correct. Bill okay. Dyke lost in 73 to Paul Soglin. To Paul Soglin. So since Paul Soglin... Um, the the last thing that actually happened that was meaningfully anti-racist was open housing. And that was a Republican mayor. C- correct. Since Paul Soglin, it looks like, Brian, everything's just slid ever further down the line toward right, white privilege and racism. So I think, it's, I think it is high time that the white people in Madison actually do right by their white guilt. Wait for that. And, uh, and, and, you know, go big or go home. Be bold. Don't well, bark, uh, start uh, biting, um, and, do, and be serious about your belief system that you believe that the city of Madison, the school system of Madison, everything, the police force of Madison is institutionally racist. Uh, do something about it. Get rid of the white people. Boy, how does this police chief... Koval, I, I don't know the guy. I mean, by everything I hear from cops I know and others are very well regarded. How is he going to perform in this environment? I don't know. I think I feel badly a, for I the guy. I feel really bad for the guy. Um, he's been on this show many times. Uh, you already have the mayor coming out and saying that she doesn't think the police force needs additional boots on the ground. She thinks what really needs to happen is we need mental health counselors. Chief Koval, by contrast, says, no, actually, we have a growing crime problem and and we are understaffed and I actually need real human beings as police officers. And and I don't know how you close that chasm because Progressive Dane, Sacha Rhodes Conway's party, Progressive Dane is adamantly anti-police officers. They're Uh, adamantly anti-additional police resources. This is the group that joined with the Freedom Inc. people to disrupt the city county, um, the the, uh, city county, or rather the uh, county board meeting on the jail. Uh, They were part of the derail the jail group. Correct. They were the same people who were disrupting the Madison school board meeting, trying to get the SROs out of the, the four SROs out of the Madison high schools. When you sign your pledge to say you are progressive Dane, that's like slitting your hand and, and making a blood pact. 
Well, and warning to the suburbs and to the suburban school districts, if you think you've seen some traffic in P, in uh, folks taking their kids out of the Madison School District, if you think you've seen it now, with not only a mayor who's progressive, Dane, so for whatever you want to think about Paul Soglin, at least he would tap the brake on, on the runaway clown car that was the city council. Not anymore. Gone. That's gone. And, and the school board now has a clear anti-police majority on the school board. So not only was it the mayor and the city council, you have an anti-police majority on the school board. So if you're thinking about what you're going to do with your kids and you're worried about the safety of your kids, you now officially as of last Tuesday, have a reason to. Yeah, you do. Um, you have a mayor that thinks the city is institutionally racist. You think if she, someone who thinks the priority should be bus rapid transit. But you know what we need is renewable, a, a demand that Madison operate on renewable fuels and bus rapid transit and tearing down the structures of institutional racism, which I might point out one more time, Progressive Dane, includes all of the white people in Progressive Dane who have been running the show and allowing a whole bunch of white people with white privilege to get away with implementing additional elements of structural racism get to work and start getting rid of those white people for crying out loud you guys are a bunch of bigots for heaven's sake but that's her priority so now you've got the police you've got police that in in some cases when they're doing priority call only sometimes have no bodies to actually respond to anything that isn't a high priority call that's true none there are sometimes there are no police officers available to respond to anything that isn't a a crisis priority call. You have other times where overnight shifts have four people for, you know, like half the city being covered by four patrol cars. You know, you've got such a skeleton crew at this point on the Madison police force that and and people who can retire are retiring. Sure. I mean, there's and now you've got an openly anti-police mayor yeah, you know, listen, if you live in Madison um, and you have and you have school-age kids, let's give you some advice here. There's this thing called open enrollment. I believe the expiration on open enrollment is April 30th for next year. Is that start look yes, yeah, start looking at, you know, other schools outside the city of Madison to open enroll your kid. Here's another option, St. Ambrose, which is a great, great wonderful a great uh, classical education run by run under the Madison Diocese, St. Ambrose. Is a wonderful school. Um, if they have spots open, borrow, beg, you know, sell your car to get your kid into that school. There's also scholarship availabilities. Um, look at other. If you qualify for school choice, see if you can't get on the school choice list. There is something called Freedom Project Academy. My friend Duke Pester runs that out of oh, yeah, uh, yeah, out of Oshkosh, but that's a homeschool um, assistance system. But it can also be a standalone virtual education. Another classical Socratic method is used for the classical education at Freedom Project Academy. Then there are virtual charter schools, Brian. There's also virtual charter schools. Um, I wouldn't recommend that as a standalone option just because kids don't tend to be self-directed in education. But there are I mean, lots. You have to have pretty involved parents. Yeah, I think. but if a parent can stay home, at least oversee the kid, making sure the kid sits in front of the computer that's not and takes a knock the classes. On virtual schools, and I know you don't. No, mean no, no. It but, as that. but teenagers are not typically very self-directed, so you want to actually have an adult 
you know, around so that the kid doesn't slack. Because what tends to happen is, you know, some kids can can tend to slack. But you you potentially get a much better environment for educating your kid. At least you're not going to get chaos. And any of those options are all available to Madison parents right now. Well, and, and, and so, you know, you see the thing when you're in a workplace or something. You see the sticker, safety first. Now it is official policy with the mayor yep. and, the, and the school board, safety last. It is. It's safety last. Or safety none. Or safety none. Safety none. Um, There's St. Maria Goretti. I'm I'm forgetting some schools here. There's Edgewood. There's St. Maria Goretti. I mean, there's a lot of schools. Does High Point have a school as well? We'll throw them all out there. Yeah, I mean, I I really... It's scary, I think, for parents. And when the left comes back and says, well, you've got to be part of the change and you've got to be part of the solution and everything else, your kid is in high school for four years. That's it. That's it. And so are you going to take the risk based on people on the school board that don't know how to make decisions? We'll be right back. Something else that just occurred to me, Brian, if you have more people, and we've had more people than ever in Madison schools seeking options through open enrollment to put their kids outside the district, um, meaning they, you know, they live in Madison, but their kid maybe goes to Sun Prairie or McFarland or Middleton sure. or something like that. And you're going to see an even greater push for open enrollment, which is, it, you know, it's going to eventually put pressure on the accepting districts on their facilities. So potentially you can even see a call for, say, a building referendum. Which you know? the school board wants to... Go to the ballot with what in November or when are they talking about going to the on the next referendum? Yeah, well, if the for Ma- like two hundred million, if Madison wants to go to the ballot for a building referendum when they're losing students, that's crazy. And let the idiots in Madison vote in favor of that. But I'm talking about outside school districts who are going to have who are going to begin begin to absorb these kids. Sure, are going to say. You know, we got a hundred extra kids. We got two hundred extra kids. We're getting, you know, we're getting fifty kids a year through open enrollment. Um, we need new facilities. Except that the facilities are going to be paid for by that local district's property owners, Correct. and to in order to accommodate open enrollment students. Well, and the state aid comes with the kid. So, I mean, a kid who may be finishing their two years, or for that matter, being there for four years, and then it's gone at the end of four years. I mean, you can't budget based on it necessarily. Nope. So, so, and we've had a number of referendum, you know, Verona, some Prairie, we've had another a number of referendum around here. But, but, but this gets back to the issue uh, about schools and about people leaving the district to go to suburban schools or other schools around. doesn't mean all Madison schools are good or bad. There's a lot of good ones. But frankly, if you've got four years that your kid can go to high school, you're not, are you going to take or the middle risk school, or middle school or, or elementary the rest of it? school? And you talk to cops, to prosecutors, judges, they all say the gang problems are reaching clearly into the middle schools. So this is not, I, I think we and need to... And the discipline to, problems are in the elementary schools. Well, speaking of having community conversations, uh, which so many of the talking or writing heads, uh, I should say, you know, they like to write about, uh, why don't we have a community conversation about what's actually going on in the schools? 
But when you have a school board that's now flipped, to, frankly, it's it's not that they don't want cops in schools. It's that they're anti-police. Period. And there's a big difference. You have people are hostile to the Madison Police Department and to police officers. Well, you know what? There's a cost. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...to that. And we're going to start paying it. And the thing is, this isn't like another city service where it's like, oh, you know, they don't plow Midvale Boulevard three times a day. They only do it two times a day. You can change that with one phone call. You make a mistake with the police in the schools and the effect will go on for months and years and you won't reverse it. And you know what? The parents are going to go, see ya. Not going to do that with my kid. I'll tell you another proof that this is how it's going to happen. People will say, well, maybe things will just get so bad that, you know, common sense will rise and common sense people oh. will sit on boards and, you know, sit on the serve on the city council. Good I luck got, with that. I got two words for you. San Francisco. Yep. Seattle. Chicago. Oh, Newark. Yeah. Stockton. Oakland. Milwaukee, the list goes on. We'll be right back. All right, more on the city. But before we get to more on the city, I do want to, for those of you who didn't get a chance to stop by Monona Terrace on Sunday, there was a cool event and we'll talk a bit more about how Wisconsin is going to expand its footprint into producing into CBD oil production and CBD product production. Uh, Senator Pat Teston is going to join me to talk about some legislation, some bipartisan legislation to that end that, uh, that he is working on. But I was at the It's Hemp, It's Fine event. It's Hemp, It's Fine. At Monona Terrace with Tim from Apple Wellness, the healthy place. Oh, he's a good guy. Um, and so, actually, they're now going to call it the Healthy Place Apple Wellness. <laughs> um, eventually, they're they're going to eventually transition, just because um, they don't want to run into the wall of, right. you know, Apple. Uh, but they are still Apple Wellness, the Healthy Place. So, Tim from Apple Wellness, the Healthy Place, put this on. This was his event, and then he invited a whole bunch of vendors um, to participate in this. So there was CBD caramel. It was so good. Uh, CBD coffee. Barriques makes a CBD coffee. Um, there was CBD beer. Oh my! There was um, cocktails. They were they're mixing up cocktails, but there were also you know any whiskey. I don't know. I don't know if there's a whiskey cocktail. They're cocktails, and you infuse it. It was an infusion cocktail, so it was basic whiskey. It wasn't like whiskey with CBD already in it. It was whiskey, and then the then the um, the right. CBD was infused into it. Um, they were very tasty cocktails, I must say. Um, but then balms and different you know types of of products out there. CBD mania. It really is. And the crowd. I was there on Sunday, and I was feeling just much better. So not, a lot of people. But I brought my sanitizer and what? So in case tons of people were there, I bet a thousand people were there. Were you spraying them down or? I was bringing myself down if I was shaking hands or something like Sorry, that. Sorry, I missed that. But I was right next to I was right next to a company 
called Nasodol, and I've been talking about this product for yeah, I've heard a you while. Talk about that. Yeah. You know, because I think it's just so remarkable. It's a nasal spray that also has CBD, and I use it for my flare-ups of acute neck nerve pain in my neck. So, of course, what do I do? I walk over there and I say, oh, my gosh, I use your product all the time. I had no idea they were from Verona, Wisconsin. They make it in Verona? They make it in Verona, Wisconsin. They make Nasodol in Verona. Yeah, it's a Verona, Wisconsin company. Oh, I didn't know It was that. developed by an a MD okay. in Verona. He said his son gave him the idea. Uh, he had previously developed some of his own um, nasal spray he was using for young children who, um, you know, typically some of the stuff you can buy over the counter is very, very harsh. Yeah. So he kind of already knew about the, the way to process a product like that. And then over, they worked on it. They researched it to make sure that it was water soluble and delivered effectively. And then Nasodol came out of that. And I was just, I wanted to throw them some love because they were, they were chatting them up while I was standing right next to them. We were signing folks up for Brewers tickets. And there was, you know, Nasodol CBD from Verona, Wisconsin. So it's a local company. It is a, I I was so thrilled to learn that it was a local company. Then Synergy next to me on the other side, also a local company. Um, And so I I like that, that, um, that Tim from Apple Wellness, the healthy place, does actually seek out, you know, high quality products that that all of the lots are tested, and then he makes sure that these are, you know, these are not adulterated and not phony or anything like that. But then also make sure that some of our local our local producers are getting some love at the store getting as well. The love in the so business. they have a brand new, by the way, Apple Wellness a Healthy Place is a brand new location in Middleton. They're going to be opening up one in West Side of Madison soon. I've been, as you know, I was to the one in Fitchburg, which I've passed by, and because my cell phone dealer is up there, and you know all the other stuff is up there, and and uh, I stopped by there, and it was jumping. Yeah, they're going to call it the Healthy Place. Yeah, eventually it's just going to be called the Healthy Place. You can call it. Apple a day. I oh, I'm going to tell him that. I'm going to tell him that. Wouldn't actually, because then, because well, yeah, well, that's I, a common confuse thing. people. But I'm going to no, tell no. him that I like that. I like that. I like that idea quite a bit. Uh, but it was really cool. So all the folks who were there, you would expect. What do you expect? It was a cross section. Most people, I say, were around our age, Brian. I would 40. say most folks were, yeah, right, wink, 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 wink. Most people were between, I would say, 40 and 70. Okay. That's the, there were and some there younger folks. there was a thousand folks. people there? I think there were at least a thousand people there. Wow. It was, they way underestimated the crowd. Um, folks were running out of stuff. You really? Know, I mean, yeah. No there, problem to have. I mean, it was uh, it was very cool. But it was a nice panel. Uh, Senator Teston was on the panel. He's a they great were ex- guy. Late. Yep, they were Pat explaining Tustin's what's next. Guy. Great questions from the audience back and forth. Um, it was cool. I thought it was. Um, I didn't know what to expect from the event. I thought it was going to be neat. Uh, I was happy to do it because I love Apple Wellness, the healthy place, because um, that's where I get my stuff, but no, uh, my CBD stuff. It's just, yeah, but it was cool, and it was neat to see all these people want to learn more about it, you know, interested in trying people, it. Wow. A lot of the seniors I was talking to were saying things like, um, my, pain, my pain medication now is being restricted, so it's harder because, I guess, to penalize, you know, people who abuse fentanyl from... You know, no. south of the border, no. we're going after senior citizens' pain medications. Now, that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, so they're looking for other ways to help manage, you know, some of their, their chronic pain. And I thought that was neat. CBD is like a gold rush right now. It's incredible. Yeah. It's, I mean, that day I was at the store, I was, I was jumping. 
I was surprised that I'm normally someone who's kind of, you know, anti-natural solutions to things because I always <laughs> think that they're oversold. And it was a friend of mine who convinced me in a moment of agony to try it. And that was when I had the, the, the nerve was pinched so tightly between my two discs in my neck that I was at times doing the show on the floor where I'd dra- drag this mic arm down and sit on the floor because it was the only way I could I could stretch my back in a way that I wasn't in complete catastrophic pain. I remember what it took for me to get you to go see a chiropractor, so I yeah. can personally attest to this. People. So I tried. I my my friend and and she just said, "Will you just at least try it?" I mean, what's yeah, what could right go at wrong, that point, right? Yeah. And I was the first time I tried it. About thirty minutes later, the relief was so profound that I was I was hooked. And that in ergonomics meant no pain meds. Right. Uh, you know, I didn't. I, I ended up getting delayed on a cortisone shot a couple of times, and I ended up just canceling the appointment for the cortisone shot. The lumbago CBD. got better. The lumbago got better. The yeah. neck got better. The knees got better. <laughs> my, People listening, must my be arthritic like, knees falling apart. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm not even that old. I'm only fifty. <laughs> Do we have that shotgun sound well, My effect? knees have been shot since college. With all due respect, that's when the warranty runs out. Oh, yeah. At age 50. My knees have been shot since college. My neck has been screwed up since um, since I, I had a whiplash in a car accident yeah, years ago, and I never went to a chiropractor. <laughs> never got it treated. So my neck has been screwed up over time. So, uh, well, and over how many 15 years I've been in and out of this place, I uh, uh, you... <clears throat> Some people would say, not me. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Of course. But some people would say fits of hypochondria. Occasionally. Come upon you. I well, don't inflict it on other people. I don't inflict it on other people. No, 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 that's true. I'm not saying you did, but let's just say, you know, my rule of thumb for all these years has been she walks into oh, the studio on, with a headache like and she leaves with brain cancer. <laughs> she, she leaves with a tumor. <laughs> you know, by I, the end I have of a it, girlfriend who will text me. I'll say, I, I think I twisted my ankle, and she'll text me back, and she'll say, ankle cancer. Yeah, it's <laughs> you, you, uh, you're very talented at self uh, I, I, I consult Dr. Google from time to time. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Jeez. Well, look at me. I, I, I went to a proper doctor on Friday evening, and uh, and I'm still I'm thinking, well, I mean, I didn't go to medical school, but I've got Dr. Google here, so of course I know better than the physician. <laughs> but when you went to the Cairo for the first time, which I, a lot of people are you know, reticent to do that, but I mean, that was like the week before you're going to Canada. I remember yeah, I didn't think we I could were fish. sitting right here, and I you were ready to go there in agony after like moving boulders in your backyard. You were wondering why you were in pain. And uh, and then I convinced you to... Yeah, and it was smart move, I will say. It was a smart move. Well, I mean, you were just obviously in so much pain that... Um... It was bad. 
It was bad. Yeah. I mean, it got Dave, worse. Dave and By I the way, it got worse when I back. dragged a lawnmower <laughs> from my underground base or my underground garage. I have a sunken garage and I needed to get a lawnmower to my backyard. A heavy Toro self-propelled lawnmower, which if anyone who's got one of these things knows how yeah, heavy those so dumb heavy, things yeah. are. And instead of wanting to drag it around the house, which meant I had to go up a very steep hill and then all the way around the house, I decided to build myself a little st- staircase and and get to the window in the garage it was yeah. only like three so i took three orange crates so you did this to avoid taking it around the right. house and i was just going to drag it i was going to get out the window lean in you know and then just sort of bounce it up this the orange crates the little three-step stairway i made mm-hmm. and it made total sense uh, and the last some people would say the last crate i just felt something go and that was my that was my neck, and it has never been the same since. Really, if that was only, the moment. Yes, if only I had just dragged it around the outside of the house, I probably would have not been. You're in. going to Canada again this year, aren't yeah, you? I am going to Canada. Can you please avoid these kind of activities that might lend you to? I plan to, and I and, if, and I also plan to bring my nasal along with me. Anyway, let's take a quick break here and come back. Um, that was a diversion that I just, oh, all I wanted to do is say how cool one. the It's Hemp, It's Fine event was. And, and, Did and you get tell the t-shirt? people, no, I wish I had gotten a t-shirt. Did that they would be have cool. the It's Hemp, It's Fine they t-shirt? They have t-shirts. I should have gotten a t-shirt. Well, maybe they'll throw you one. I mean. Darn it. Now I'm thinking about it. I wish I'd have gotten a t-shirt. Uh, I just wanted to remind people, because I've talked about this nasal spray. That it's from Verona, Wisconsin. I just think that's so awesome. I didn't even know. I'd never looked at the side of the bottle. It's Verona, Wisconsin. No, hemp, Verona. See? I always pair those two Right? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? We'll be right back. Um, now that the hemp hour is over. The hemp, the hemp diversion is over. Yeah. Look, you can't get high on CBD. No, Just you can't. I throw mean, that out whatever. there as the last thing because people misunderstand um, it a lot. Period. Yeah. Uh, fair bit of that. Yeah. Brian. Yeah. You have a city council that is 100% identity politics AOC. Yeah. You have a school board that is 100% identity politics AOC. Also true. You have a mayor that is 100% identity politics AOC. In fact, campaign that way. Campaign that way. It wasn't like we have to divine it out of a couple things she said here and there. Flat out Uh, campaign. And she won strong, we should point out as well. She buried Paul Soglin. Yeah. I think it was, uh, I think he got 38%. Yeah, it was pretty rough for Paul. So that's, so 38% of Madison. Was willing to say, um, we're in favor of pumping the brakes on on radical identity politics occasionally. The rest of Madison said, nah. We're right. not willing to pump the brakes on right. radical identity politics at all. Yank when you look this at, emergency when you look at David Blaska's race, 70-30. How did he get 30? 
I mean, you know, it's it's actually shocking yeah. if you think about what happened to Soglin. That Blaska got thirty percent, so thirty yeah, percent like were willing to say, spoke the truth. "Yeah, thirty percent were willing to say we think peace and order and discipline in the schools make sense." Seventy said, "Nah." Well, and even to take that a half step farther, Kaleem Kerr, who is nobody's Republican, but he's you know had some charter school ideas and and things of that nature, had endorsements from uh, more mainstream Democrats in this town rather than whatever. He's and he's still, black. He, and he's he's black. He's uh, and he still lost by three thousand votes. I mean, what happened in that election? I I think there was a message out of Kaleem's race too, and and part of it. And I, and I like Kaleem, and I wish he would have won. But part of the message that came out of Kaleem is you cross these guys once. And they will not let you up off the mat. And he crossed them on his choice, on his uh, charter school idea. Uh, Was it the Madison Madison Prep? Madison Prep. He crossed them, and they never took the boot off his throat. They elected somebody who, frankly, is uh, nobody in terms of the, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know who she is. But Kaleem Kerr is well-respected in town and everything. But when it came to taking the boot off his throat... Forget it. Well, that's what Madison has enthusiastically endorsed. Yeah. That it's not yeah. a question anymore. It's not Correct. about it's not about people just don't understand the differences because the candidates weren't being overt. Blaska made it obvious. Sure. Sancho Rhodes Conway made her campaign obvious. Paul Soglin didn't really do much of a job making it obvious he was going to be the guy to pump the brakes. I think he could have done a better job of that. But given the deficit of votes, it probably wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, it was too big a margin. Madison has chosen San Francisco governance. Madison has chosen Seattle governance. Madison has chosen to put itself in a position where it is going to embrace anything and everything dysfunctionally left because it makes progressives feel better. It is what you've chosen. You, to they, which I say, they are the majority. They own it. They own it. They are the overwhelming majority. There is no way to blame anything going bad on on residual right wing conspiracy. There is no way to blame anything bad on Scott Walker. And they, there's no Trump out there that can be blamed for the bad things that happen. And they have found that in this city and in this school district. The excuse that the state doesn't send out enough money in, in shared revenue or in school aids, gone. Because the, the people in this school district are willing to go vote yes almost blindly. The last rational man standing, Chief Cobal. Yeah, in many ways. Uh, that really, in the toughest of circumstances yeah, for him. I mean, I feel badly for the guy. At this I, point, you're wondering if the, if the circumstances are almost impossible at this point. Well, we're going to find out shortly. Very shortly. Brian Shimming, thank you for coming in today. You bet. Everybody have a great night. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.